Hey, welcome back to the Russians. Hello. I'm your host, Yasha Levine. And uh, it's me, Evgenia Kovda. All right, well, we're back. And uh, I mean, it's, you know, uh, now we're a month into the war in Ukraine. And um, so we thought we'd kind of sit down and, uh, I don't know, share some of our, th- some of our thoughts on what's been going on and um, some observations that we had over the last month um, on different fronts. Which kind of seemed like it flew by, right? Yeah. It was definitely for me because I feel it was, I don't know, it's like been sick with something. Yeah, like you have like almost a feverish kind of definitely you know, energy for this so, whole month. Yeah, um, yeah on and well, off. You know, while, 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 the, while the armchairs, you know, keyboard strategists on Twitter and, you know, on the blogosphere, <laughs> if that word is even used anymore, uh, are like, you know, debating the geopolitics of this all, you know, for destruction of the Atlanticist sort of alliance and the ascendancy of a new world order that is multipolar, um, which may or may not be happening. But, you know, um, being from Russia, uh, we kind of have a much more intimate view of the conflict that isn't just about, you know, abstract geopolitics and uh, scoring points on Twitter or on Facebook about how how smart and pure you are, you know, like we're actually dealing with something real on the ground, something real in, in, in real life and real people that we know that it's, that it's affecting. And so it's a little bit, um, well, and myself, like I'm course, very much yeah. now, well, I definitely, who knew actually, I mean, I guess I was a bit stupid. I wasn't necessarily sure it will last a month or <laughs> now I think it might, it might last a year. I don't even know anymore, but, um, when it just started, I was definitely a bit more weirdly flippant about it so I didn't really know the scope of it immediately I'm saying yeah and then the scope I guess became obvious and now it's like a total disaster but yeah I guess one of the things that immediately became apparent we didn't want to fuck with and we still don't we don't really want to focus on it but like this media landscape I guess the western English language media landscape uh, and what's funny not even the mainstream uh, ones but kind of like I guess the good one yeah whatever what is it sort of what, what would it be called left liberal whatever left, yeah, is, left, is like actually non, yeah, non-establishment anti-establishment. anti-establishment one it's so annoying that i i i can't even i basically i can't even tune in into it yeah. because otherwise i would just either <laughs> become a twitter troll which is i think it's useless to spend my energy on it or i yeah. don't even know i just burn all the bridges <laughs> with whoever i even a little bit <laughs> no yeah, forever. We, we a little bit now, I guess, together at this point. Yeah, it is extremely annoying, and I know it's a bit, I guess, hypocritical because people from other countries, uh, where different like war or conflict uh, has been going on, probably witnessed that before. What I'm referring to, but it's always kind of you know when it when it, something touches you personally, you can see things a bit clearer. So now I can really see it. Yeah, the, the or, whole yeah. keyboard warrior stuff, geopolitical analysis. It's just it's yeah. I mean, I mean it's, it's, no, but it's infuriating. Uh, yeah, and it's just look. It's yeah. It's like the the this is the nature. I think you're getting you know. I don't know. I, no, I've been skeptical for sure. Definitely, I wasn't like naive, but now. I can't. No, no, yeah, exactly. You weren't. You were always. You never were. You're know, very enamored by the whole like world of journalism, you know, and news media. No. Um, and so I mean, I think this is this gives you a very close front row seat to this this whole thing where. You really are journalists are you know uh, ambulance chasers you know they they you are like you photograph the corpses you know and discuss the discuss the the way that you know the 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 
the position of the dead body, you know, and how it, it came that way. So it's very, it's a very vulturous, it's a very kind of vulture-like uh, scavenger industry that's really yeah. is in the sen- in it's in ascendance whenever there's there's a crisis human misery and the bigger the misery the, the better the misery, in the better for ways, journalism yeah. and, and and so and so it is kind of gross to see just the sort of you know i don't know this professional cadre of of of, of commentators and whatever you know like that are just like jump from conflict to conflict to conflict to conflict and they don't really have usually have very little insight sometimes they you know sometimes they'll in- interview people that are interesting and have yeah. actual insight which is a different thing but then it's just always everyone, and everyone has their own particular kind of narrative or particular uh, thing that they, you know, like want to push, almost. a brand they want to push. And so it's like, it's, you just know exactly what they're going to say. And they never really add any insight to anything. Um, and it's just all just, you kind of see, I mean, you're just, you're seeing it right from the inside now. And it, I totally agree. Yeah. There's like a, but that's just the business, you know, it's always been this, this gross and, 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 you know, the kind of the, the atomization of it, I think has made it even more apparent, you know, because everyone's just hawking their, you know, everyone's hawking their particular platform, you know, their YouTube channel, their Substack, you know, uh, yeah. um, you not know, unlike us, not unlike <laughs> just, us in a way, you know, I well, mean, we're part of it. So, I mean, just, it's, we recognize it. And so it's, yeah. um, but yeah, so I mean, and, and, and of course, you know, again, like, and because I don't know, people who have no real stake or skin in the game in the in this war. Uh, it's know. easier for them to make it black and white, yes. which I sort of, I guess, I understand the urge and yeah. whatever, it's semi-normal urge. But unfortunately, <laughs> as, uh, I'm like way too close to it. It's a, it's it's impossible. It just, it's and, impossible and for like, me to yeah, do it. Yeah. And, and I just want to bring into conversation, um, Yasha wrote a little um, sort of like substack post earlier today and immediately hate mail came in. Yeah, like, I don't a know, lot like, of it actually. Quite a, quite a lot. In- interesting that this one specifically like within a couple triggered of minutes. them. <laughs> they might have not even read the thing, yeah. Well, maybe skip through yeah. yeah. <laughs> but one of the kind of the funny ones that now thinking more what we're talking about right now is semi-relevant. A person who is really angry and not even a paid subscriber wrote, <laughs> yeah, Yasha, you want it both ways, don't you? Cunt. <laughs> and you know, yeah, whatever. In some ways, I almost, I don't know if the person even fully read your piece, but yeah. generally, I kind of did understand the sentiment. Basically saying, oh, you're not, you basically cannot take a normal stance for or against or yeah. like... Because I think that bo- there is, there's no good guy yes, in this I fight. Know. Yeah. Exactly, but that's like a problem for, for clearly people like that, which probably many... I mean, even, you know, I who's written, you know, quite a bit, you know, it's funny, people accuse me of being like a liberal centrist for, for not like focusing in right now right now on like the Nazis and the NATO and all this right, stuff which, right. which is like well you know I've been writing about this stuff for years when and it wasn't hot when it wasn't hot and so like I can you know like I, and so it's like, like I'm not like ignoring these things you know I just mm-hmm. I've written you can go look and, and look at the record you know I've been writing about uh, the, sort of the weaponization of, 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 of nationalism and, and far right and neo-Nazi and Nazi fascist what groups or whatever you want to call them in Ukraine I mean, literally for years and and so, you know, now people, now that I'm kind of focusing in on the disaster that this war is, 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 uh, is bringing not only to Ukraine, but also to Russian society and, and not focusing on how evil, you know, the West is and its role in this. Although I, you know, I talk, allude to yeah, it all, all the time and talk about it. All of a sudden yeah. you're like some kind of pandering I'm like, I'm liberal. Like, I'm like an ass. I'm, yeah, I'm, a, I'm like, I, suddenly people, you know, I'm like masks off. You're a fucking, you're an imperialist liberal. And, and, or I'm just like, you know, a weenie and, and a coward who doesn't have the guts to pick a side, you know, and actually like, so I want to criticize both sides. Well, actually there's, 
both there there is no good guy here i mean there is no good guy here uh just because uh you know ukraine is a corrupt state ruled by a, a, a very rapacious oligarchy and infused with a kind of a nationalism and a pretty scary uh nationalist identity you know a lot of this politics uh, doesn't make Putin uh, the the sort of the liberator here or the, the 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 good guy here. I mean, he represents a system that is uh, on some level even scarier because it's actually a lot more powerful and it's a bigger country and it exerts force in the in the region. Uh, I mean, you know, Ukraine is essentially just a proxy for is a proxy for you know whatever whatever the two the two sides are fighting fighting it out and you know Russia does represent a system that is very scary. It's this. It's Look, Russia is a security state oligarchy that's no better than U- Ukraine. It's not, it's not it's not a good guy. Putin isn't fighting for anything good. He's fighting for his own survival and the power of his own clan. Uh, his own, yeah, of a security state clan. And so, you know, it's like the idea that, you know, again, the idea that there's a good guy in this fight is a ridiculous simplification and, you know, and and I know that people want there to be a kind of a someone standing up to the American empire. And fighting for the you know for the global south or whatever you know, <laughs> right, but right. Putin is not fighting for the fucking global south. Okay, and if you think so, so you you, you're an idiot. You get your head out of your ass. I mean, really, it's just it's it's that simple. And so, but you know that's you know this is just the reality. And um, and I guess I feel a bit bad now thinking back that somehow some people might have gotten an idea from you. It, it's not yeah. none of your fault. It's just like looking at the um, people coming out of the woodworks. I think genuinely. Now they make me think that, oh, what they, how they interpreted what you, some of the things you write or think yeah. about. And like, as <laughs> basically in some ways, they would know a good counterforce. Yeah. And I know you didn't mean it that way, but I guess how okay. that's how it was interpreted. Isn't it interesting? They read into it whatever they wanted. And I mean, the thing is, is that because everyone is always criti- critiquing Putin um, and, and, you know, it's like, and, and sort of, but never showing kind of the nuance of, of Russian society, you know, right, that's right. kind of what we focused on a lot, you know, in, on this podcast, right. sort of looking at how the liberals are not that much different than, than Putin's clan. And, I still believe it to yeah. some degree. It is true. It's just no, it's different definitely now. True. So and I'm I, not trying to say, oh, we were so very wrong. We no, were not. not at all, actually. No, I, I think our analysis is, is a count, but I think that, you know, people, yeah, mistook that for basically being somehow like thinking that i don't know i don't know what people that people i mean people look people have a pretty bad comprehension you know of things and so people that <laughs> reading comprehension and listening comprehension <laughs> people see in your stuff you know what they want to see and, and kind of just you know just but that doesn't matter i mean i think this is a good way of us you know when we look yeah. the fact that we don't think that putin is fighting for for something good right you know and so i think this is a good way of actually kind of seg uh, segueing into um, you know kind of what we, one of the things that we wanted to talk about or that you wanted to talk about is sort of the um, the, the kind of the, the internal Russian re, sort of re, not, well like slow slow realization of some of the people who lived who've lived in Russia and who've kind of benefited a lot from Putin's yeah, regime. My um, major I guess point I wanted to make is that um, I've been um, following the kind of the uh, news um, and just like this different stories coming out of a more um, I would say, I guess at this point, emigre community. Generally, I guess they can be called this liberal intelligentsia from not just Moscow, but big cities in Russia who had to or were compelled to kind of run away in the last month from Russia. Mm-hmm. And uh, some of them kind of in some kind of undisclosed 
locations, uh, some of them probably already having some kind of other jobs or just having their still same remote job. So it just obviously their situations are kind of different in terms of precarity. But one thing is the same is that they're very much like um, just would be in shock, anti-war, outraged by everything yeah. and just feeling betrayed uh, and at the same time feeling completely lost. And actually a lot of them I feel obviously despite how critical they've been for a long time of Putin and the sort of the regime, Putin's regime as it's been called for years, no one expected this. So I think most of them didn't like prepare anything like yeah, plan they didn't B. prepare any kind of like i don't know the, parachute or anything yeah like parachute that. which makes i guess all the emotions more raw i know it's like in the end you know things are very personal always so i think uh, because most people are not prepared that that makes them more hysterical because truly um not all of them could get um most of the money they have in the russian banks because of all the sanctions and the kind of new law that you can't really transfer anything most of them have Maybe at this point, it depends on how it goes. Either lost their apartments, houses, so just they lost most of the things they had, except a few suitcases they could take with them. And so that's the community I'm kind of following. And I understand that it's obviously not the entire Russian. These opinions are not shared by everyone, even in Moscow. I understand that, but I still, um, what's interesting about it, it's still a very kind of very much media, very much dominant kind of, um, I don't know, point of view. And it's a pretty... Um, I mean, they have culturally a, 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 culturally a, a lot of w- weight, I think, yeah. They don't have cultural weight over, over you know, over like politics in the country, right? Yeah, but, but, they but they have, have cultural they have weight. Culture. Even if they left, yeah. uh, a lot of them left, or most of them left there, the cultural lead of the Russia I knew, now it's probably going to change. I mean, and, that, and like, and when you say cultural lead, you know, it's not like you're, you're that like enamored by... by was it. not at all enamored, so I'm <laughs> not like you got to put the asterisk there, you know, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I was never enamored. I mean, there are pretty, there are definitely smart people among them, like I have friends there and uh but definitely wasn't that impressed and uh wasn't even very sympathetic at all and was always mocking them uh, like most of them but now i feel like uh, i'm definitely more sympathetic just because of the kind of just the hardships many people have go have to go through so i'm not necessarily very um gloating i'm not gloating i i can i i'm gloating more on the certain like oligarchs who are now in this conundrum (laughs) of been sanctions sanctioned from both the west and putin if they left him abandoned him and ran away uh that i'm definitely gloating but not of just like the average uh i don't know some kind of uh magazine editor definitely not yeah but what's interesting um okay one of the things uh that i noticed and it seems to be kind of happening across the board is that well it's been a month and it only now i feel like uh most of um or quite many of those people uh finally realize what exactly kind of going on and and what's sort of their role in it and yeah. uh, what happened to them because obviously it's such a shock that I'm, I'm not laughing at it. it's such a shock but only now they're realizing what happened and what happened is that uh for those especially who had lost or feel like they lost a lot and were not prepared is that <laughs> uh is that they helped in many ways uh, l- legitimize putin's regime that they're at the same time were um, outraged by and were criticizing yeah. and the way they legitimized it what they did is that um, one guy 
I can, I guess, link to, <laughs> link to, to his telegram. And he's um, the one uh, who wrote um, the op-ed for New York Times and got a lot of shit, actually, from the Russians I knew. Uh, he wrote the, uh, the title of his New York Times op-ed from a mm-hmm. few weeks ago was like, uh, yes, we as Russians, a failed nation or something like that. <laughs> like, what? And he got a lot of shit. And now, finally, the but stuff he's been... why did he been... get a lot of shit in, in, for, the, for, the, for, the, for the op-ed? Why? Uh, why? Because, you know, he was doing this collective guilt assigning collective guilt to the entire almost like nation was it wasn't his like one of his paragraphs being he was like we we for 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 the longest I'm paraphrasing here for the longest time we were just cared we were just individuals you know he said that Russians tend to be very actually individuals just sort of like isolate themselves in their little wor- world yeah. and just want uh, their life in their little worlds uh, make it like vibrant and kind of hopeful and like fun and whatever and we didn't look at the bigger picture but now finally like sort of like caught up with us and we have to look and like how we failed oh we're bad 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 now we have to be collective in our yeah we have to come together now is the time we have to come together now there's no (laughs) we cannot afford to be in our little bubbles i'm like who we what who failed it's very abstract like who is the person who's like yeah and he got a lot of shit and i'm saying as a russian because um you you can probably have access to this sort of like shit storm only if you're russian and reading things in russian because while it was printed in new york times it was also published in Russian in some, I forgot, some kind of like indie publication but in Moscow. And he got a lot of shit for it because like uh, the guy worked uh, for the biggest um, publishing house in Moscow, uh, funded by oligarch, um, yeah. by a few oligarchs. And then um, I think recently in the last number of years, like few years, he worked for Yandex. They were the exact equivalent of um, Google in, uh, in yeah. Russia. And he, not only for Yandex, but also Yandex basically Yandex food, (laughs) which is actually pretty, I mean, um, I don't know, questionable operation Uh, that exploits many, many uh, migrants yeah. <laughs> and just generally... Food delivery, a food delivery yeah, service in Russia. Doesn't really treat um, employ- lowly employees that well. But anyway, that's details. But my point, that this is the guy who was ascribing uh, kind of collective uh, guilt yeah. to everyone. And uh, I think people were quite upset that it's coming from him. He's not like an activist who put everything on the line. That There, there are those in Russia. And uh, if anyone could write something of that kind or whatever, it would be them. He wasn't like that. He was the guy who was enjoying life in Moscow, and even if he was mildly anti-regime, he I don't think you could actually tell by his like daily life. But anyway, but now he's finally, I'm kind of <laughs> to, cut, to cut to the chase, uh, now finally he's writing something that I was immediately thinking in the, in the first week since the war started in the mm-hmm. and this whole thing collapsed and people were running away from Moscow. Now he's finally writing. He's saying that he feels that he's like a total. What would what would be a good translation for loch? Because it's such a specific word. A dupe, like a, a, a sucker, you know. Like a total sucker. Yeah. Like he feels like a total sucker, an idiot, that he didn't notice what other people were noticing and were saying and uh, he thought he was living in this like different country that is like whatever but bad but things can get better and he specifically uh, was like working um, and having this vibrant life in Moscow but turned out uh, all he was doing actually was building decorations his word decorations for fascist regime and this like on February 24 turned out he finally saw that these decorations could be blown away in a moment 
and the and the regime stands, but the decorations are gone. Whatever. Obviously, there's a lot of pathos in it, but at least it's a bit closer to to the truth that I felt. Yeah. And we talked about it a little bit. <laughs> 